You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at a special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard exclusively here on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to the show as a podcast, we at the radio show and radio station do encourage you to consider listening to our show live during our broadcast times. We're also in the brand new state-of-the-art OC Talk Radio Studios in the beautiful Tech Space facility in Costa Mesa, California. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Succession Strategies, Smart Business Magazine, HBLA, Smart Stop, Self Storage. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better and more informed business decisions. We do that by interviewing guests who have interesting experiences and knowledge that they're willing to share with you. If you're listening to the program today expecting to hear Steve Wilkes, my interview with Steve Wilkes, president of QPC Fiber Optics, well, just hold on because he's our second guest and he'll be on a little later. Later in the program, our first guest is Wayne Pinnell. He is managing partner for Haskell and White LLP. Wayne, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rick. It's good to have you here. Let's start by asking you to talk a little bit about your professional background, kind of your path to Haskell and White LLP. Well, just a little bit. I got to start with a national CPA firm where I did an internship in New York City, started full-time in L.A., transferred to Orange County when they bought a practice, and after 11 years of that firm, I moved over to Haskell and White, where I've now been nearly 18 years. 18 years. 18 years. And you've been the managing partner since? Uh, 1994. My, sorry, 2005. It's been nine years. Okay. I'm getting my uh, transition date trapped okay. in there. The firm's 25 years old, uh, started by the two founders, Steve Haskell and Dave White, who are both, uh, one's unfortunately deceased and one's retired at this point. Interesting that you've been the steward of the ship through some interesting economic times, haven't you, Wayne? We have seen a few ups and downs yes. the past few years. Yes, yes. it's once-in-a-career kind of a thing that we've seen, so we got it in for our career, I hope. Let us uh, let me ask you about Haskell and & White, and what makes your firm different? Why do your clients choose to do business with your organization? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with our focus on the middle market. We're not there to serve necessarily Fortune 500 companies, although we do have some fairly large companies in our bandwidth. Uh, we're not there to, to serve exclusively startup companies, but we do handle companies that are on a growth path. That is our, our, our bread and butter type client that is working to grow. Our tagline says a lot for us, which is the value of experience. When you look at our partner group and our personnel, we have have a lot of experiences that we've got we've gathered from various firms I'm sitting here with nearly 29 years of experience in, in the profession serving a variety of companies and when you look at what we do with that experience versus what larger firms might charge for, for similar or quite frankly lesser experience at the same right same rate we do bring a fair fairly strong background of information to people at really a cost-effective type arrangement so if you were to look at the distribution of your client portfolio you're, you're talking to business owners and CEOs of small and mid-market companies here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Can you give us a sense for the, t- uh, you know, the type of where's the sweet spot for Haskell and White? Sure, I think I, I would put our sweet spot as really the companies that are in the ten to fifty million dollar range. Okay. We have uh, smaller and larger, but the bulk of our clients fit in that. And Southern California, mostly Southern California. We do have uh, a few 
trips that our folks take to Northern California out to Arizona, and we have a satellite office in San Diego, so we're covering that market as well. Okay, and if I remember correctly, you came up through the audit side of the practice? I did. I came up through the audit side. I was originally uh, brought over to Haskell & White to help them build the practice into other disciplines or industries because the firm really got to start as a real estate firm hmm. and predominantly real estate tax. Okay. And makes sense in Southern California and Orange County in particular as well. Um, let's talk about your guiding principle. What I mean by that, Wayne, is of all the things you've learned in business, the lessons that you've learned, has it evolved into, in your mind, what you would consider kind of an overarching belief system? How are you leading and guiding your firm? Well, I think that the word that came to mind for me thinking about this was empathy, which is an interesting word and probably not one you were expecting. But when I think about empathy, what I'm really trying to get across is I really need to sit back and understand where clients are coming from, what the issues are they're facing, really get behind the scenes of what they're trying to achieve so that we can come up with the proper solution. But that's just as important when dealing with our staff, trying to understand what they want in the profession, um, how we can help them keep an eye on the what I call the life-work balance, not the work-life balance. Mm. So that we really do keep in mind what they're trying to achieve in their career. Simple things like getting them scheduled to engagements that are closer to where they live instead of having people drive across the county to each other's homeland to do some work. In your employee population, do you have many Gen X, Gen Y, millennials, you know, the 20, 30, late 30 type of we, workforce? We, uh, we run the gamut. Okay. Our, uh, we, we do have a, a now retired senior partner who's still working for us part-time who's uh, in his 60s, and we do have all the way down to the folks that come out of school at the ripe old age of 22. I think that's very healthy to have that kind of age diversity in the workforce. And the reason why I ask, Wayne, is uh, I was just at a conference last week, and one of the questions that was asked is, you know, what's different in managing the millennials and the Gen Xers? And when you talked about life-work balance, that would, that's what made me want to ask you that question, because of all the things that the panel talked about, one of the key ones is the next two generations after the baby boomers really do value, at a very early age, a balance between their work life and their personal life. Well, well they do, and I think when you look at more the uh, the 55 and overs that might have come out of the generation where we commonly refer to as the command and control types, right? And when you look at the 22, 23 year olds, they have grown up, particularly in Orange County, in a totally different environment than we went through, certainly in the last the last economic cycle. So, you know, what I find interesting with that group is they really want to know more why they're doing something, right? Not just being assigned to do it. They they want to see the big picture, which which is actually a great learning experience. I think so. But when you put all those generations together, it can create some interesting uh, situations as well. Right, you got to mix up that you know st that stew of, of diversity in you your do. age group. Yes, and and I think it's very powerful that that not only do they want to understand the larger picture, and I know we're here talking with a managing partner of a CPA firm, and we're talking about managing a diverse workforce, but I think it's appropriate because he has a diverse workforce. They want to understand what else the company is doing beyond servicing their clients well. You know what I mean? It, 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 they connect it to a larger responsibility that their employer has to the community at large. Well, certainly with the community, and when you look at where we have focused our, our mission and vision over the years, certainly it's providing uh, great opportunities for our, our staff to grow because we serve clients with some fairly complex issues, so we're providing a lot of learning opportunities. We're looking for the success of our clients, not just our, ourselves, but we actually have a very strong statement built into our, our mission and vision that we serve the communities in which we work, and so we have a long track record of being recognized for our service to nonprofit organizations, our donations to nonprofits, our service on boards, etc. In fact, this month we are being honored as the middle market mid-sized company recipient of one of the National Philanthropy Day Awards. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I know from Tom 
talking before the show started. Hope you don't mind me mentioning this, but you're an active participant on the board for Laura's House as well, which is a, a fine organization that's, here in Southern right. California. So thank you for giving of your time sure. that way too. Sure. All right, let's get back to business. You know, I love to talk with the guests that come on about how does your firm, which is Haskell and White LLP, differentiate from the larger firms in your space? We all have them. Every industry, we have the giants, the monsters, the behemoths, whatever call them. Success in mid-market companies is really recognizing that these companies are in your space and creating a, an awareness in your clients' mind and your prospects' minds for why you're the preferred choice, given all things. How do you effectively compete against those larger firms? In a down economy, I'll tell you, that's a challenge because we have to compete against the larger firms and the smaller firms. So in an up economy, this my next statement works really well because it ties back to our, our uh, tagline, which is the value of experience. When we, we tie in the work we do for the rates that are right, clients appreciate that. They understand that we can get them a quick answer. We have a lot of time as partners on our client accounts, which isn't necessarily the same situation with a larger firm where they've got a much larger employee pool, a much larger book of business to handle. As a smaller firm, I've, I've said this to people before, we need to be in our clients' faces and dealing with the issues because it is part of our own asset protection plan. Mm -hmm. we, we need to know what's going on. We need to manage the liabilities. We can't leverage off 40 other offices and, and a larger insurance pool, quite frankly. That does dictate to some degree why we spend so much time because we're interested in spending the time with the clients to help them grow. And I think that is why your firm is seen as a trusted advisor to mid-market companies, the leaders of those companies, because they really do have the opportunity to bring you in as a partner to help, not a partner in the sense of the owners of the company, but a partner in a sense of understanding the challenges that they have and helping them think it through. Because many times those size companies don't have all the resources at their disposal that larger Fortune 100 companies do as far as advisors, etc. Right. And at the same time, we don't have all of the resources in-house that a behemoth firm might have, but we do have an alliance network that allows us to grab those resources from across the country and around the world when we need it. And that's for us, that's the leading edge alliance. It's a group of CPA firms literally around the world. So we don't have to stock ourselves up with a lot of overhead to try to find work to keep real specialized people busy all the time. Right. But we know where to find them when, they, when we need them. Excellent. I'm speaking with Wayne Pinnell. He is the managing partner for Haskell & White LLP. And we'll take our first commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening to the program live here on octalkradio.net or if you're listening as a podcast in the future, because we're only going to be gone for a, a, just a few minutes. When we come back, I'm going to ask Wayne to share from his experience and his firm's experience, what are the top three most common mistakes owners of small and mid-market companies make as it relates to his organization and how he helps them. So stay tuned. You're listening to Wayne Pinnell here on Critical Mass Radio Show. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com. 
or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's succession-strategies.com. Got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped and took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sink. With Smart Stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's the smarter way to store. Smart Stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart Stop, the smarter way to store. And welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am Rick Franzi, and I am your host, and I would like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. In the past 30 days, you've downloaded over 13,000 copies of our program, and we here at the radio show do appreciate your continued support. All of our shows can be heard live on this radio station, octalkradio.net, or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher, and various other business-oriented podcasting services. All right, let's get back to our first guest, Wayne Pinnell. He is the managing partner for Haskell & White LLP here in Orange County. Before the break, the tease was that I was going to ask him to share his three most common mistakes mid-market and small entrepreneurs and business owners make. Wayne, take it away. Well, let me put it in uh, the three S's as I came up with today. It's strategy, systems, and succession planning. In the strategy area, what we find is people are sometimes successful in spite of planning or despite the lack of planning. But there is a whole course of things that should be considered for the business life cycle from, you know, people will put it down into written documents and call them a business plan or a marketing plan or some kind of financing plan. But really when it comes down to it, it's having a plan and having a plan that is succinct. It's it's something you can focus on. It's something you can share with your employees and your other key advisors so that everyone's focused on what the outcome is. And if I could, Wayne, before you go on the other two S's, I just wanted to say my experience was, because I work with mid-market CEOs and business owners, the recession really put pressure on companies that didn't have a strategy, couldn't articulate their vision, because everybody, most firms were challenged by the economic recession that we went through earlier this century. But I found those firms that had a plan could at least go back to a touchstone and figure out how to modify off of that. Those that were kind of freewheeling, I felt were in much more in a stressful situation and having trouble responding. Well, I think that's true. And I, I, what we advocate is not a 25, 30 page plan that you stick in a three ring notebook and literally stick it on the shelf and pull it out next year. Uh, we're big advocates of what we'll refer to as a one-page plan, which is really taking a very succinct look at what you're trying to accomplish in a one, three, five-year type time frame, and then go offline with a short document, but keep that document very live and delegate things out to small teams to break things up and, and take one small piece at a time and keep moving it forward in the same direction. Great. I love the idea of a one-page business plan. So on the second thing? Yes, please. Systems. As businesses grow, they tend to forget that the back office should grow with them. Not at the same rate as revenues, but oftentimes we'll see companies that are ready for the next cycle in their business where they have completely forgotten about the accounting side of things. Uh, not to be self-serving, but the accounting is for very example. important to be able to do reporting to, to banks and potential investors, potential transaction partners. Internal controls are some things that small companies 
don't think about, and it's not to say they don't have controls, but they don't think about how they can strengthen controls. And particularly, segregation of duties is difficult right. to do with a small number of people. But the person that tells you they trust this person that's worked for them implicitly <laughs> for 20 years, I kind of cringe at that statement because they've also that also means they've given that person keys to every cookie box that exists in the company. And ding, that might ding. be yeah. where they're losing some of the money. Systems also allow workflow to be done efficiently and effectively, help eliminate waste. Waste comes up in various arenas from holding inventory long, reworking inventory because your manufacturing facility didn't pump it out quite right to the qualifications of what you're trying to produce. It's labor cost, it's holding costs, it's opportunity costs. All these things can be further refined with some good systems. And then ultimately succession planning, which is how the owners get out of the business and hand over the reins to somebody else, which for the smaller entrepreneur, that's often very difficult because I think a lot of people immediately take succession planning and equate it to estate planning. And they're two totally different mm -hmm. things. Estate planning does sound more final. Succession planning is how you move the business forward. And there's lots of words out there that people have used in different books. Good to great uses the term right people on the bus. Right. So it's, that's all about building a strong team. There's other books out there that talk about hiring slow, firing fast, all built around getting the right people to do the right job, which means you also need to get them in, train them, help develop them, move them into a progression process where they're taking over more things. Succession also means aligning yourself with the right advisors, legal, accounting, insurance, wealth management, whoever it might be to help you with the next stage of the plan. But one of the hardest one is probably for the owner to delegate the stuff out and give it up and let somebody else do it. And to constantly hear people say it, and I'm guilty of this myself, I can do it faster, I'll just do it this one time. And right. then you do it again and again and again, and ultimately you run out of time, but you also don't have somebody learn how to do it. Especially in a family business, when the next generation may be the children of the founder and you know, husband, wife, wife, you know, that that's hard to also delegate that responsibility and step back. It, it is, and it, it happens uh, not only husband and wife, it happens traditional, traditional father-son, mother-daughter, father-daughter, whatever what happens. It, it is built in communication. It is built into planning. It is building in some formality to it because I have heard the son say, I sure wish dad would give me more responsibility and walk down the hall and talk to the dad say, I sure wish the son would take over more of this stuff. <laughs> and so let's, let's bridge the gap there. Right. All right. Well, th those were great, and I love the fact that there are three. They're simple, and uh, thank you for coming prepared and sharing a little bit of what you know from working with the type of clients that you work with here in Southern California. We have about five minutes left here on the radio program. I did want to ask you if you can think about a time in your professional career, Wayne, when you learned a really valuable lesson, probably one that you carry with you today, but it came from the experience that at the time felt difficult dare I say painful? <laughs> Do you have something like that and would you share it? Well, yeah, and actually this ties me right back to one of the things that, that we had to face, which was the succession planning aspect. Because uh, nine years ago when I took over as the role as a managing partner, I took over that role when our founding partner had become diagnosed with cancer. So it turned out to be a 15-month route after that. But we knew that the firm had to change. We knew at the, almost immediately that when I took over, there was things in our own files that weren't taken care of. We needed to update partnership agreements we didn't have prior to that any type of PR strategy uh, to talk about that and for many people they would have thought Haskell and White was 
purely Steve Haskell's firm, and that without Steve, there might not be a firm. And that's so, a risk. Yeah, that was a risk. So we, we needed to get that in place. We also realized Steve had been very smart about arranging for life insurance, key man life insurance for certain of the partners. We took it on a role, and I said, you know, we better get this for all of the partners, because when we start going through that experience, you see how important that is to handle the financial aspects of a firm in a bit of a state of change, and it's a relatively inexpensive thing to have handle. Also then handling changes of roles. When I first took over the role as a managing partner, I was still at the helm of the audit department. So kind of wearing two hats. So it was on me to make sure that one of my partners, Rick, was right behind me to take over the audit practice after that. So I've got a lot of passion built up around it because I had to live it. Right. I've had to tell that story a number of times. I've had it printed a number of times, just what you go through looking at it. So it's for me, it's a constant reminder as we're dealing with clients that they need to be thinking about it. I have my own story to walk through with them and show them why it's important. I love to ask the question because you, it was the same with you. I felt like it could have been last week or last month or last year and not nine years ago that this that you learned this lesson, which is why we continue to ask this question because we I believe in the power of peer learning. So if someone heard what you just said, I hope they think about, well, what is my succession plan because sometimes it's not of your choice right as a business as was in your case sometimes life and situations cause you to have to develop a succession plan faster than you would have liked well if we have a little more time i think that pointing this out real quick in june of 2004 steve had made the statement that he didn't see himself being the managing partner in roughly another three years in july he got diagnosed with cancer and i became the managing partner a mere six weeks after that and so i told the story nine years ago it's a lot harder i reminded people that steve passed away at the age of 53 not something you'd expect, but we were lucky to have 15 months to work with him through the transition. The person that steps off the curb and gets hit by the proverbial bus, you don't have that. You don't. Wow. Okay. So if we had a gong, Mr. Engineer, I would ask you to ring it. So we love these teachable moments here on Critical Mass Radio Show. That's why our audience listens to the show, to gain insight from your experience. I only have a few minutes left, so I'd like you to let the audience know if they'd like to learn more about Haskell and White. How do they find you online, Wayne? Well, online, our website address is the proverbial www.hwcpa.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We've got our pages and uh, tweets up there as well. I like the fact that you're using social media. Do you find with your clients, kind of off-script question, do you find the investment that you're making in social media to develop a presence for your community is is being recognized by your community of business owners and executives? It is. It's it's for us it's a, a labor of getting used to it and getting things on there, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter to me still I'm like that's not my favorite. Right. Um, but getting people to see that that stuff's out there. I have clients that I actually talk to on occasion through Facebook, which is not what I'd expect. Wow. You know, off email, off LinkedIn, through Facebook. So there are those opportunities. So good, bad, or indifferent, I need to keep a few of those pages open throughout the day to see who might be trying to contact you. And I would say ring the bell again or the gong again because that's a key. What I've heard from other guests, and I and I know that in my own life working with your with my clients, you need to communicate with them in the way that they prefer to communicate with you. And as things are moving in general, generations are coming up and taking over, it's not always the phone. It may not even be email. It may be text messages or Facebook posts or something else, how people want to make a relationship with you. And you need to be comfortable communicating with them that oh, way. That is so true. And I know from dealing with my kids, they use a phone as a text machine, not as a <laughs> yeah. phone. So Yeah, if you call them, they won't answer. You, you text them, they respond right back, right? <laughs> That's right. All right, now here you go. We're baby boomers talking here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Wayne, I want to thank you for spending this time with us. It has flown by. 
But we're going to have to have you back next year. I'm sure there's many other things that we could have talked about that your firm does for businesses here in Orange County that we can get a chance to talk to. Wayne Pinnell, Managing Partner of Haskell & White LLP. Thanks for being a friend of the program, and welcome to the Critical Mass Business Community. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. Our second guest will be here. He'll be sitting in the broadcast chair next. That is Steve Wilkes. He is president of QPC Fiber Optics Incorporated. We'll be back after these words from our sponsors. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitment in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group.